This is Yolanda Robbins, your host of the Parish Property Chronicles. In this episode of the Parish Property Chronicles, I'm pleased to feature another female entrepreneur as my guest, Mathilde Gouvel, principal of Mag Designs, which she founded in 2003 in London. Mathilde now manages her international practice, focusing on commercial and residential projects from her home office near the Eiffel Tower. Let's hear how this design maven can help you transform your property in Paris. Matilda, I want to thank you for joining us today on the Parish Property Chronicles. You are the founder and principal of Mag Designs. But before we get to your company, can you share with our listeners your background? Yes, of course. Hello, Yolanda. Well, my background is French, as you can probably hear from my accent. And But I do have also Italian and Swiss blood. I started my career in banking, but my creative side was frustrated as we were living in various European countries due to my husband's job. So one day I decided to take the lead and inscribe myself in London at Inchbold School of Design to radically change career and become an interior designer and decorator. And what year was this that you decided to reinvent yourself and switch careers? Well, because I was traveling in different European countries and I was a bit fed up to tell all the different companies I was working for my, my story. And I thought it was not really, I was not really relevant after two years staying in the company to change company again and again. It was not very serious. So I thought, well, I have to find a property, a proper um, career, which I can do wherever I live, which was completely genuine because it didn't happen like that. But anyway, this is the way I ended up. (laughs) Okay, great, great. So can you tell us where you live in Paris? Yes, I live near Trocadero, which is close to the Bois de Boulogne. So it's very convenient. Um, We have lucky to have a terrace and a small garden in the back of a hotel particulier, as you say that in French. Mm -hmm. And it's a kind of French version of an English muse. It's quite particular in Paris to have a place like that. Yes, it is. And having a terrace in Paris, especially during the times when we were under lockdown and confinement, must have been really special for yes. you. It, yes, it, yes, it was. It was a really a, a little fresh air to, to be able to breathe during this uh, terrible time we, we had all, all of us. Yes, it was. When did you start your company, Mag Designs, and what are your founding principles, your philosophy? Yeah, so I started my company in 2003 in London, and Amity Designs was born initially in London, in the UK. But the thing is, I was living in Italy as well, so I was traveling back and forward from Italy to London all the time, where I started to have some projects. And my basically, my principle are that uh, I was extremely impressed by the local craftsmanship and the quality of the finishing of the works from the local Italian you know, artisan, you say it in French, but mm-hmm. it was Crashman, I think, in English. Mm-hmm. So I decided to st- to set up a team, 100% with Italian people, and source furnishing in Italy. So that was my particular thing, though being French, living in Italy, working in London. <laughs> but I, I have as well the, another principle, which is a f- 
pragmatic approach and take into the account the functional needs of the place I design, my philosophy is to enhance simplicity and select high-quality material which age quite well. So are, are most of your projects in France or in the UK? Yes, well, it used to be in the UK most at the very beginning, but then now I'm more based in France. Well, I'm based in France now. I live in Paris, as you said earlier, but I do have projects everywhere. I mean, I do have projects in France, in Paris, but outside Paris, of course. I do have projects in Switzerland. Uh, I worked in the um, in Dubai as well. I worked for in the UK a little bit and in Italy as well. If I understand correctly, you work on commercial and residential properties. Is your approach different when working on these types of properties? Yes, of course. Well, the approach is completely different. The, press, the first reason that the, on, on commercial projects, the specs are driven by high usage and visual impact. But you need to take into account as well the brand identity for the people you are working for. Meanwhile, in the residential project, the key is to associate, you know, the client wishes, integrating occasionally some existing piece of furniture that they can have and making the result much more personal. The end result is a blend of my client's identities and my design ideas and solutions. But there's something I would like to underline that I do not believe in imposing the designers and decorative taste to the clients. I think that mm-hmm. it's an ego trip and a vain self-promotion effort. So it's very important for me that the client feels really home and they recall themselves into their new home, design home. That's very important because sometimes you do have designers who impose their styles onto clients, but you like to help the client bring out their vision when creating a project. Exactly, exactly. Because I don't want them to feel that they are not at their home and I don't want to do a copy-paste design as well. It's Mm -hmm. very important. So each, each project has a personality which reflect the clients. It's very important. Okay, great. Where do most of your clients come from? From France, from Europe, from the United States? Well, I have a lot of clients coming from the United States, a lot of them. Generally, they want to invest in Paris, a pied-à-terre, which can be, well, I want to try to talk in square feet, can vary from 900 square feet to 1,500, you know, Two nice, two slash three bedrooms and suite, if possible. Mm-hmm. More, it's more two bedroom than three, actually. But yes, basically most Americans. I did some project for us East Asian people. Well, as a pietate, was well, not the pietate, it was a house actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's very nice. And Italians too. I work for them in, in in Paris and in Italy. But as I said previously, I have designed three projects for a client of mine. He's from Dubai. I did a South of France project for him, then a Swiss project for him. And then at the end, I did a, a refurbishment for his house in Dubai. So it was very same client for three projects, which happens also, quite a lot, actually. That, that's great. So a lot of your clients are international clients, whether they yes. you have projects for them here in France or internationally. How do you work with your clients in realizing their objectives, like your services, space planning, design? What do you provide for them? Well, I do provide for them a lot of things. Basically, it depends. Well, first of all, they ask me how it happens to work in uh, in France because, you know, regulations are different than they than they have in their country. So I, I, I help them for that point of view in terms of uh, administration and permits. 
Then we talk about budget, which is very important for me as well to know at the very beginning, not to judge the budget, of course not, but to know mm -hmm. what to, to do for them, not to go for sourcing things which are very expensive and not within the budget. But before that, I really do a real brief with the client where I spend some time with them, asking them all what they want and their expectations. And after, after all that, I can drive, I can already issue a preliminary budget where they can have an idea where they will go. So that's very important before starting anything because it's important to know where you go in terms of money, first of all. Yeah, it's true. Honestly, the budget really dictates the scope of the project, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. Yes, and I explain as well to them how rules are, you know, in in the um, in France that we go to the um, copropriété assembly, which is a formal assembly where you have to present your project. Generally, they send me to the to support them and to present the project on their behalf because they are not always there as they live far mm -hmm. away, and you must have some authorizations before you start when it's structural works in you know, for the building, basically, because you are, in Paris, you are often a co-owner of a building. It's co-propriété mm -hmm. in French. So it's a co-ownership, but you don't necessarily have to go to the co-ownership if you're doing non-structural things. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's only when you have to do structural things that you have to do this assembly. Yes, of course. What I usually do, because I think people like to know what the other When you have works, they're always worried. The neighbors are always very worried. So I generally go and see the what they call the property administrator, and I mm -hmm. present to reduced uh, team of the representing of the building what we're doing for you know to reassure them, to show them everything, and they are everybody's happy. I think communication is very important, and to explain to people what you're doing and then not get offended. And then my second task is to be to become the best friend of the guardienne, you know? <laughs> so of the concierge. Absolutely. The concierge. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> the famous concierge. So I bring her some chocolate, some olive oil from Italy, Parmesan cheese and everything and she's very happy. So <laughs> so absolutely yes. being uh, having the guardian as your ally when doing work is very important. What, how do you approach them? Well, I just present myself and I come with a little goodie, which is a bag, which is a perfect set as an Italian. So I have a bottle of uh, Prosecco. Oh, la, la. I have some Parmesan cheese and olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're generally very happy. I prefer to do some little things like that rather than some money, which I think is uh, not very elegant, by the way. So, Absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. I'm very really happy. People and I renew my goodie bag as well. <laughs> Depending on how hard I'm giving him, I'm giving her a hard time. So it depends. <laughs> you manage renovations as well. You don't just leave the client at the the stage where you're you're you do the floor plans. You take them through the entire process. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Well, I I just make them dream, and then after uh, my job is to make the dream true, become true, <laughs> like the fairy tales. So um, I lit literally start by dreaming, then I, I plan everything and schedule everything, do the works, and then I welcome them with a nice uh, bouquet of flowers and some champagne to celebrate their new home. Oh, wonderful. Can you just give yes. us an example of a project that was very challenging and how you overcame the challenge? Yes, of course. Well, it's very hard to pick one of your 
famous project or best project because I enjoy each of them, obviously, mm-hmm. because they do have all a different uh, spirit and a different fun. But um, if I had to choose one, uh, it would be probably for, I call it Real Mur Project. It was for an American client living in San Diego. We started to design a 1,000 square feet apartment on the before last floor, you know, in Paris, you have the ex Chambre de Bonne, so which is a top floor. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up designing a 2,000 square feet project because a client managed during the works to buy the top floor. So it became a fam- you know it became a penthouse with a 360 degrees view on the main Paris monument. Oh, I don't call that, that a challenge. Funny. I call that a gift. That's fantastic. <laughs> yes, and the story, the very very fun story, Yolanda, mm-hmm. was that one day he told me, oh, Jean, he told me. Um, I asked him, do you know who lives upstairs, you know, on the top floor? He said, I think it's an old lady. I said, oh, it's better. we better know and investigate who is the old lady. I ended up to know that the old, the old lady was a hairdresser from which I was going when I was 20 years old, you know, young girl. <laughs> so I took an appointment with the hairdresser. He did recognize me, so I was very happy of that. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and he said, and he said to me, "Oh, hello, Matteo. Why are you coming to see me?" I said, "Well, I just want to have my hair done." He said, "Come on, I'm sure you're not only for that." I said, "Yes, you're quite right." <laughs> and I said, <laughs> and I said to him, "Well, I know you know you have some works in your building." He said, "Yes." And I said, and I heard that you might want to sell. He said, yes. And I said, well, I can make you a deal if you want to. So here we are. I managed to know the guy by pure coincidence, and we did the, the deal, and my friend did the deal directly. He was very happy. Oh, that's great. It doesn't happen all the time. No, that doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> that's so true. But, yeah, but it was completely incredible. Oh, that's great. Can you give us a case study of a project that you worked on? It doesn't have to be one of your favorites, but regarding the scope of the project, how long it took from beginning to end, and just give us an idea of what the budget was like. Yes. Well, generally for the project I do, I generally say that between the first time I'm going to meet the client for the first preliminary discussion and when I'm going to complete it completely, completely, it's about nine months to one year, okay. probably. Mm-hmm. And I mean, all in one, in really rather first, 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 you know, contact to final delivery. It can be shorter, obviously, of course, but, you know, that's a medium, medium range. And the budgets as well are varying, but we talk about, I mean, it depends if you want to know the general price per square meter, of renovation cost. Well, let, or if you want to have Well, actually both. So, let's just have one project and you can be very, you know, discreet about it. Just say it, it was it was like a two bedroom apartment, how long it took and what that budget was. But also I think our listeners would be interested to know the renovation cost per square meter. What that would on average, yes. on average. Well, yes. Uh, well, the renov- the re- the very good renovation cost on average probably will cost between, I like to have a bracket because a bracket is always better, mm-hmm. between 2,000 to 2,500 euros per square meter mm-hmm. without the VAT, obviously, mm-hmm. which is at 10% in France. But, you know, it all depends, of course, of the scope of works. And, you know, it all depends of the finishing, 
the kind of finishing the client wants. So if he wants marble from top to ceiling, obviously it's not going to go this kind of price. Of course not. No. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're 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 definitely talking a bigger budget there, but when you start your demolition until typically when you finish, how long would a would a renovation take for a let's say for a seventy square meter apartment? Or are we talking six months? Are we talking? Oh no, no, that okay. That that's seventy square meter apartments. It's not more than three months, not two months and a half, three months. Okay, that's because great. when you buy a property in France, you have a period where you sign the first act, the first paper, and then three months after the final exchange, you know, completion. So during that time, during that three-month period, I work on, I study the, 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 the project. Mm-hmm. I design the project to gain some time once the client has the keys. And we can start immediately after he has the keys. This is a, a, a way to save some time. So if everything is already wrapped up in terms of design, specify, needed to order. After the client had the keys, it's about two months, two months and a half, not more. Okay, great. But, but if, you, if you have the opportunity to figure out the plans, set, set up the bids, get them to approve, get your clients to approve, then it's about two, two months. Well, that, well, that's great. Uh, but, 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 but obviously, we're not counting August because we know what happens in August in France. Yes, and don't talk about December too, unfortunately. <laughs> and May, which is not a horrible month. It drives me mad. Actually. Exactly. May with four, four or five holidays in the entire month. So, et voilà. Can you tell us a little bit about how the pandemic has affected your business and maybe even some of your projects? Were you able to continue to work when we were in lockdown? Well, obviously things have slowed down quite a little. Quite a bit. I mean, especially during the first lockdown, because nobody was figuring it up, figuring up what's was happening. But straight after, I mean, after the first lockdown, so at the very beginning of the summer, we have learned to to work with the pandemic. Well, it's much more complicated than before, obviously, because you have to move people around and you have to manage it. So sometimes I've got the impression that I have to push, you know, an elephant. But the same elephant with a lo- with another tones of uh, heavy weight. So for the same, <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> yes. So I push an elephant, which is a project with with a stronger muscles that I used to have and bigger energy that I used to have because I have to move forward the elephant, which is a project. <laughs> I, I I love that visual. Okay. Yes, well, it, it's very true. It's very true. Uh, yes. <laughs> anyway, yes. But you were able to continue uh, with your projects and with work. Yes, I I was. I was. Yes. You have to have people get used to work, you know, with the Zooms, with the Teams, uh, you know, the use online things. And uh, But after a while, everybody was able to do it. And then, you know, the, the work started again, you know, with a mask and everything. But yes. Let's switch gears for a minute, because when you think about for especially for people who live here and even for people who don't you think about how working has changed just in general a lot of people had to learn how to work from home yes. and they typically did not and they were spending more time in their home first of all do you think that this is a trend that will continue i mean do you feel like people will there'll be there'll be a hybrid some people will say you know what i like working at home and maybe i'll go to the office a couple of days a week 
I think it's a very good trend if we can manage both because I think it's a better balance. First of all, I think that if you work from home and you are focused, obviously, and strict with yourself with the times, you know, with the schedule, you are much, you don't lose time at all. You don't commute, you are here, you can work more and get things done, I think, better. Some people like to, you know, interfere with their colleagues, obviously. So I think it's important to have both of it. Mm-hmm. The thing is, obviously, when you, it's interesting what you say about getting your home ready after for home office, that I have been participated in a group of people saying, how could we improve the house, the homes with a real home office and how we can integrate into design a home office corner that could fit what you need for that kind of things. Absolutely. Please, please share that with us. What, what, tell, tell us some ideas about how to create a, a home office or to improve uh, your space uh, so that you can work from home. Yes. So first of all, I don't recommend to work in your bedroom, which is not the place to work. (laughs) Number one. Okay. So you must change room if you can, obviously. Mm -hmm. And if you cannot change room because you have a very tiny house, you can do it with the furniture thing. So you can adapt some furniture, which are versatile. So you can open it up and it's a little little desk uh, with some uh, insulation, sunproofing insulation. So if you have to make a call, it's completely, you know, softened and and it can separate the room in two. So that could be an idea. Or the other idea is to reuse, you know, some rooms which are not frequently used, such as a dining room, you know, to become an office because your dining table is not used every second, every day. That People eat in the big kitchen if they have a big kitchen. So eating kitchen. So basically to repurpose an existing space that you can use during office hours. Exactly, exactly. And now we have not so many paper, you know, we are not surrounded by paper because we go with digital. So it's much easier than before. If you have a laptop, you just have to take your laptop and put it in a in a cupboard and you just close the door and nobody sees it. So you are using your table as a big home office. Do you yourself have a home office? Yes, I do. Absolutely. And I use my the dining room as my home office and it's perfect. And I do exactly what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I close my computer and put it into my, uh, I have another office in the in the house. But uh, anyway, in my house during the confinement, the lockdown, sorry, there were three companies being from my house <laughs> running. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was like a super international headquarters. <laughs> Couldn't imagine that. Why do you say three companies were members of your family also? Yes, they, they had yes that was company. my husband. Ah. My husband, one of my daughter was doing an internship for Estée Lauder and I was running my business. So three companies, yes. <laughs> it was funny. You know, that that's very true. And you, you really have to figure out how you can share the space as well when you're with family members trying to work from home. Exactly. Are there certain colors or textures that people, that help people concentrate more when working from home or... Well, there's some colors. Yes, some people say that some blues are encouraging or the green because you're, well, I think it depends on each people. Some people like colors, some people hate other colors. So it all depends on what they want. It's a really a question of how you personalize your design for the home office because some people like to tell you, I want to work in front of a window. Other people say, I don't mind. I can be in a cupboard, you know, uh, in a cupboard means, in a, you know, you open two doors and you have your little, you, you have your little private space and then you shut it down and then you 
it, it all depends. It really all depends on each people. Okay. But it's 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 an interesting point because now it's one of the requests I get in the brief. I want to have a home office. Ah, so when people when you when people say that they want their space renovated, now they say I want a home office. Yes, because people now consider to choose a place to live rather than be obliged to live in a place by the because of the company. It's the other way around. And therefore, if they are in a place where they can commute, I mean if there is an airport not far or a train station not very far, they will probably pick up a place that they like to live and then go to the office. It's the other way around, basically. Right. So truly hybrid working, working from home sometimes and yes. not. Um, do you have any interesting projects that are coming up that you might be able to tell us about? Well, I do have some projects in Switzerland right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, exactly from a client I have designed a house for in, uh, in Paris, they are English, and they decided to go and live in Switzerland because it was more convenient for them in terms of a countryside and, you know, setting, you know, landscape and everything. And they can go and commute very easily to the UK from where they live. So, and I'll probably have another one coming soon in the same area. So, you know, it's a, it's a choice of people are doing. I can feel it. I'm, I'm talking with the local Swiss people. They're all telling me that it's the same thing, that people are now choosing to go to live in the place where they used to spend some holidays, vacations, rather than, you know, go there for five days or one week only and then go back to where they used to live. Because to be frankly honest, you can work from anywhere these days. The only thing you must have is a good internet connection mm-hmm. and a computer and, and, and a, a printer. So it's only what you need. All right, great. Mathilde, it has been such a pleasure to speak to you about your projects and about people in their home offices. How can our listeners get in contact with you if they're interested to use you for their projects? Well, I will be delighted, obviously. Well, it's very simple. I'm, you know, following the trends, which is I have an Instagram account, which is uh, the, you can find me under with the underscore mag, MAG designs, underscore all small letters, or I have a website, but the Instagram is becoming a bit more active than it used to be. So it's very easy to contact me through that. Thank you again so much for joining us today on the Paris Property Chronicles. You're very welcome. Thank you to you. Thanks. For more information on Mathilde, her portfolio, and MAG Designs, please visit her website at www.magdesigns.com or follow her on Instagram at underscore magdesigns. I'm Yolanda Robbins. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Paris Property Chronicles property tailored for you.